Hello, and welcome to the Camp Bar podcast. My name is Lauren McMillan. I'm the Public Relations and Communications Manager here at ACA. And today I'm thrilled to be joined by Michelle Brankenier. She is the Senior Director of Volunteerism with ACA. And today we're going to be talking all things volunteers. Michelle's youth development career spans more than 30 years. Currently serving as the American Camp Association's Senior Director of Volunteerism, Michelle partners with camp professionals, volunteer leaders, and ACA staff to support camps throughout the country. Prior to joining ACA, she led independent and agency programs in California. Michelle demonstrates focus on industry growth at the national level as the staff liaison to ACA's Volunteer Engagement Committee. Michelle provides leadership in her community as Girl Scout board chair and has held a number of volunteer leadership positions, including PTO president, team mom, chair of fundraising events, and positions on several nonprofit boards. Prior to beginning her career with ACA, she volunteered for ACA as a standard instructor, conference chair, secretary, and board chair for the Southern California Hawaii office. Michelle believes in sportsmanship and teamwork as an avid sports fan, especially when it comes to cheering on her own children. She loves to cook, is an average gardener, and likes to read, exercise, camp, and spend time with family. Michelle resides in La Quinta, California with her husband, daughter, and their three dogs. Michelle, welcome to the Camp Warrior Podcast. Thanks, Lauren. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So we are right on the cusp of the summer camp season when this episode is coming out. And I think a lot of families and camp professionals, obviously their minds are on the start of camp and all things camp related. And when it comes to ACA, I think this is kind of a prime time for our volunteers. Of course, we utilize volunteers year round. They're kind of the bedrock of the American Camp Association are and are so critical to everything that we do. And today I wanted to talk with you about just a general overview of what volunteering with ACA looks like. I think there are so many different capacities in which people can be involved and so many different roles to be filled. And I would love for you to share with with all of our listeners, and this is certainly a learning opportunity for me to really learn and understand what it is that our volunteers do. So before we dive into that, let's talk a bit more about you. You know, we went over your history, how you became involved with ACA. Let's hear more about your story and what led you to your current position. Early in my career, I was introduced to ACA by my amazing mentors and professional team members. Um, I became um, involved with ACA probably in the late 80s, early 90s, probably the early 90s. Um, I Our camp was accredited. I learned about that. Actually, I learned about accreditation when I was in my 20s working at Girl Scout camp. We went through the accreditation process. And our camp director introduced us to the accreditation standards the year that we were getting visited, and it gave us some insight and an opportunity to learn about best practices in camping. I became a visitor early on. Um, I was serving on the Northern California board, living in Northern California at the time. I was serving as the membership um, chair, and I was working on bringing new camps and new people to the American Camp Association, and my um, boss at the time said, I think you should be a visitor. And so I got to go to Southern California and train um, to be a visitor. And I had um, Dave Kempton and I believe Cindy Moore were our, my instructors for that course. And it was amazing. We were at Camp Surf on the ocean oh, wow. <laughs> um, training for a whole weekend. And it was incredible. Um, and it really started my experience with ACA, connecting to other volunteers, um, and the standards program gave me such incredible insight into what 
other programs were doing. Every visit I went on, I learned a tip or a trick I could take back to my own camp. Um, it allowed me to learn more about how other programs operated, the populations that they served, um, the, the policies and practices that they implemented into their camps. And I believe it gave me a, a richer, more full understanding of the camp industry on the whole. So mm -hmm. it was more than my Girl Scout camp I was working at at the time. That's how I started. Um, and it, it just allowed me to then, as I grew in the profession, to be able to offer tips and tricks and, and take ideas from camps and, and institute them into my own program and make my own program stronger. So, um, as I said, I was a membership chair in Northern California. I became a standards visitor. I started getting involved in conferences. I was asked to be a, a kindred chair for the Girl Scouts at um, some a regional conference, and, and then I was asked to be um, the kindred chair at the national conference, the national ACA conference. And I met my husband when I was at that conference, he was a speaker for our kindred group and, um, we became really great friends and, um, and the rest is history, you know, three kids later and, um, both of us in youth development, um, in our professional careers, it, it was really a wonderful experience. Um, I also, when I moved to Southern California, um, I served as the standards chair for the office. I was um, on the board as the secretary. Um, I became a standards instructor. Um, and then eventually I became the board chair. And um, a couple of years into my term, our executive at the time, who was um, kind of an interim executive, decided to, to really retire. And so at that time, a couple board members took me out to lunch and said, look, you're the perfect person for this job. You should apply for this job. And so I became the Southern California Hawaii um, Executive Director. And I have been with ACA since February 7th of 2005. Um, that's when I started. It's my dad's birthday. So it's easy for me to oh, remember my that. start day. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and my daughter, I was pregnant with my daughter at the time who is now 17. So it's easy for me to remember. Wow. Um, those dates. And um, I went through, you know, serving in that capacity and um, getting the opportunity to be exposed nationally as both as a board chair. When ACA um, rolled in and became one organization, I continued on serving that capacity as the Southern California Hawaii exec. Then when we restructured, um, I became the outreach and engagement professional for the Western region. And then that title got changed to Western region director. And then in January, I was promoted to the Senior Director of Volunteerism. And I have to say, that's where my heart has always been. I mm -hmm. love the engagement we have with our volunteers. I, it, nothing makes me happier than working side by side to deliver our services that ACA has um, with, in partnership with volunteers. It's just like, it's the best feeling in the whole world. It feeds me and, and challenges me and really helps me to, I believe, be my best self. Mm -hmm. So whether I'm working in a public policy capacity or I'm working on a, a conference or a program or a new initiative, um, currently I work with Volunteer Engagement Committee and I've been doing that since it started. And we provide support to all of our local leadership volunteers in the field. And it's amazing. It's amazing to see the connections and to see the relationships and see the networking and the professional development that happens. And um, that committee is just 
passion for ACA and for ensuring that the volunteers are supported and um, have the resources that they need in order to be effective. So um, I feel like this is kind of a kismet, like I mm -hmm. am in the perfect position yeah. and um, I'm thrilled. Oh, so. that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I love hearing your story and, and your progression and your history with ACA. It really seems like, like, yes, you are in the perfect position now because you've, you've seen it from all sides, having started as, as uh, somebody working at camp and then a volunteer and just going through all those different layers. I think that's incredible that you have that perspective and are able to, to really have a strong understanding of what it looks like to work in this current capacity, but also to understand the perspective of the volunteers. So we've learned about your history with ACA, but I want to learn more about the history of volunteerism within ACA. Has, has having a volunteer presence, has that always been part of ACA and how critical has that been to the development and just the lifespan of ACA as a whole? I can tell you my historical perspective as I have been involved with the organization, but looking back in history, organization was founded in 1910 under the original name of the Camp Directors Association of America. From the very beginning, we've had a board chair, a board president. They were called the board president at that time. And um, it was founded by Alan Williams. And um, our first president was, um, his last name was Scott. And so from the very beginning, it's been a partnership between a staff person and a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And all of the programs and services delivered have always had a volunteer component. Um, in 1948, the standards program was born. ACA adopted those standards, which are the basis for the ACA camp accreditation program. Mm -hmm. And they're recognized by courts of law and government re regulators as the standards of the camp industry. Those volunteers had the foresight to ensure that there was a program that all camps, regardless of what organization they might be attached to, or if they were independent, they could all subscribe to the camp standards that applied to their program. And yeah. so, you know, how amazing is that? 1948, that was a long time ago. Yes. And, and then in 1956, the day camp standards were adopted. And I actually know one of the people um, who was involved in creating the day camp standards. And she was one of my early mentors, Sally Horner with Tom Sawyer camps in Cal Pasadena, oh, California. Wow. Yeah. She was amazing, uh, just a whirlwind and somebody who really um, was a pillar in Southern California and also um, in the standards day camp program. So um, it's exciting. It's exciting for me to be connected in that way. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't born yet when those were created, but, <laughs> but to know someone that was involved in the history of our organization is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that, you know, our, our board of directors has always has been around from the very beginning. And we have had, um, you know, a group of visitors who have gone out and visited camps from the very beginning. Um, well, since 1948. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. And how awesome that, you know, somebody that played such, such a vital part of establishing the standards that, that we know and use today. So fast forwarding to 2022, I feel like there are so many different roles and opportunities for volunteers to serve within ACA, to serve by visiting camps, to, to serve their fellow camp professionals and camp families. Let's look a little bit into each of these categories and talk about what those roles look like. Um, I know that I 
personally and am not the most familiar with all the different opportunities that are out there for people to volunteer. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners may, may not be familiar as well. And some of these opportunities that we're about to learn about, they may resonate with some of them and maybe it will open some of our listeners ears (laughs) and eyes to ways that they can get involved if they're not involved as volunteers already. So volunteer positions and correct me if any of this is, is not accurate range from local positions all the way up to the national committees, like serving on the national board of directors. Let's start at the local level and look at these different categories and talk a bit about each one of them. I want to share with you, there are micro opportunities for volunteers in ACA. So everything from serving as a room host at a local conference, you know, it might be an hour and 15 minute commitment. You go, you're going to go to the conference. You're going to go to the session. It might be, and it even could be at the national conference. So that's an opportunity, low risk. You know, you go and get the packet, you sign up, you go get in the packet, you introduce the speaker, you hand out, um, or you encourage people to sign the, um, the survey at the end to um, evaluate the session. You may count the number of participants in that session, and then you turn your packet in at the end and you're done. So Mm -hmm. what a great opportunity to get your feet wet. Um, And there's an orientation that happens at the beginning of those conferences, and that's an opportunity to meet other people volunteering for ACA. So um, there's everything from that to writing a letter when a public policy um, issue arises, you know, putting your voice to paper to benefit the industry or your your camp also in addition to the industry mm-hmm. um you can serve as you can help with an a virtual professional development event you might be a room host there or you might be um, we call them mcs so there's opportunities to help with um virtual educational events as well so not all of our positions are an ongoing job or position Um, of leadership necessarily. So in addition to those micro opportunities, we have leadership councils that serve each of our local geographical areas. Our organization is broken up into 20 different local, we call them local offices. Mm -hmm. Um, There are six in the Western region, there are eight in the central region of the country, and there are six in the Eastern region. And then we also have three affiliate offices that utilize volunteers as much as our local offices attached to um, ACA Inc. If you want to be on the local council of leaders, the communications chair is one of the positions. And that position is really ideal for potentially an emerging leader, um, a Gen Zer, somebody who's really comfortable with social media, who has good writing skills, who's excited about um, expressing themselves through writing. Kelly Frerich meets with them on typically on a quarterly basis and provides opportunities for them to develop their skills, which I think is amazing and exciting. And um, we rely on communications leaders to assist us in promoting educational events, in highlighting camps and individuals in the industry, assisting with writing newsletter articles, posting on social media. Sometimes they do an Instagram takeover. Um, so it's it's fun and exciting to see their creativity infused into promoting ACA and the opportunities for our members and non-members to participate in. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then there's the government affairs leaders. What do they do? Oh, they're amazing. 
not everybody loves public policy, but I do. Um, government affairs leaders monitor regulations and legislation in their local area. Sometimes they're on the LCOL, the local council of leaders. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're a volunteer, a key volunteer in the area that just wants to, they're passionate about regulation and legislation and the whole public policy process. And so they may monitor um, either a state or a topic, and then they provide that information to the local leadership. Our government affairs leaders are so important to ensuring that our camps are able to have knowledge about laws that are changing, that they have the opportunity to impact laws that may not be in the best interest of children and youth. And it's really it's a fascinating process. We have amazing volunteers who do an incredible job of that work. The government affairs leaders also meet regularly with our National Public Policy Committee. So they have the opportunity to not only learn about what's happening in a microcosm of like their state or their county, but then also they get information on federal laws and regulations that impact camps. Everything from ESSER funding to J-1 visas to, you know, we spent a lot of time in the past couple of years working on COVID protocols mm -hmm. and op operating procedures for camps to be able to operate safely under COVID um, in the past couple of years. And so those, those volunteers are critical to our success and it's never a dull moment working in government, in government affairs. Wow. Yeah. I can, I can immediately see how that would be so incredibly valuable. And I think for me, I think between communications and government, I probably qualify more for the communications position, but <laughs> I'm so glad that you and others have such a passion and such an affinity for the government positions. It's, I mean, they're both important, but yeah, that's, that's so impressive. And, and we provide training. So if someone's interested, oh, but okay, hasn't had the opportunity to get their feet wet, there are plenty of people that have experience that will say, let me show you how we do this. Yeah. And so we have some, um, we have some videos on our website that walk you through the whole government relations, you know, the whole, um, public policy processes and how things get passed and how to work with your local legislators and all of that. So it, I think it's great. It's like professional development yeah. um, as a volunteer. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So we touched a little bit on the local council of leaders. Next on the list is the local council of leaders chairs. I'm guessing that those are individuals that oversee the LCOLs. Yeah, they are the ones that organize and manage the, in partnership with the regional directors, they um, work on ensuring that the core services are delivered in their local area. And so they, they, on their team, they have a communications leader sometimes, not always, but, but sometimes that fault, that job falls to them. Mm -hmm. um, more and more of our local council of leaders are recruiting and utilizing the skills and talents of communications leaders in on their local council. They work with government affairs leaders. Sometimes those are state reps that monitor that and also assist with other things happening in their local area. And sometimes those volunteers are focused specifically on public policy or government, government affairs. They also work with membership recruitment and retention leaders, professional development leaders, um, standards chairs, volunteerism or volunteer development chairs, 
and and in some cases, Epic chairs. Okay, so diving a little bit deeper into kind of the different positions that you just mentioned, membership recruitment and retention leaders. Are these individuals that are encouraging camps to become ACA members? Are they looking for individuals to become members, all the above? What does that look like? Yes, absolutely. They do. Membership recruitment and retention leaders are really the welcome committee for new members. Um, They reach out and they say, welcome to ACA. And um, they have, they're the greeters. They're the, you know, the, the um, reaching out to those new camps and those new members to bring them into ACA and to, and help them learn all about it. They work in partnership with our membership managers. And so um, sometimes it's doing follow-up calls to brand new members and brand new camps. Sometimes it's reaching out to see if camps need something. You know, all of our um, volunteers who work in a leadership capacity at the local level are listening for trends and needs of the industry so that we can ensure as an association we're meeting those needs. And mm-hmm. so they're they're vital to the conduit of information that flows between the field and ACA. Um, and, and so all of our um, LCOL members do that. And and the staff work in partnership. Our field staff are um, really partners with those local leaders. And I could see how the professional development leaders would also play a vital role in not only the recruitment, but also the retention of some of these volunteers. Absolutely. And they're the ones that listen most intently to the needs of our members and our Mm -hmm. camps because they're providing professional development to enrich our professionals. And so from, you know, single day educational events to networking events that they work in partnership with the membership team to, you know, regional conferences. And also we have volunteers um, that work with the national conference and put that content together. And so volunteers are really how we find out what is happening, what the needs are, and, um, and we match that with our programs and services. So of course we need to talk about standards. There are so many different opportunities I feel like within standards, whether it's on standards committee, standards chair, standards visitors, standards instructors. I mean, that's all a mouthful. Try saying that 10 times fast. Talk to us, if you will, about the different opportunities to volunteer in a capacity that works with ACA standards. The starting place for most volunteers in the standards program is to become a standards visitor. And we provide training. And right now our training is online. So people, it's at your convenience. You get the opportunity to do the training and then do follow-up to make sure that you understand the process. We always pair new visitors with more experienced visitors. And that's the program where, you know, I really learned a ton about camp operations. And so I encourage people to consider becoming standards visitors. Once you've been a standards visitor for a while, and if you have amazing passion for it and you want to continue and you want to dive deeper, um, there are opportunities. If you are a skilled adult educator, you can become a standards instructor. And working in partnership with the accreditation manager, the staff person in your region, if you have that desire, absolutely reach out to them. The accreditation manager works in partnership with the standards chair who sits on the local council of leaders to ensure that the program is delivered in that local office in accordance with the standards administration manual. We have a group of volunteers, um, this national standards commission that everything rules up to in the standards world. And Danielle Penny, 
our director of accreditation works very closely with the National Standards Commission to ensure that the integrity of the program is met and that we are staying on the cutting edge of standards for the industry. All right. So a lot of different opportunities to be involved with standards and yeah, so important to the work and, that ACA does. And Lauren, we'll be doing a big push this fall to recruit new standards visitors. So if you've ever thought about it this fall, reach out to your standards manager, any staff person in on your region team and let them know, I want to be a standards visitor. Yes. We would love to have you. Love it. Now, last but certainly not least for the local volunteer positions, talk to us about volunteer leader resources. Absolutely. So ACA continues to develop resources to support the volunteers that are doing the work in the field. And so everything from we have a field office operations guide that really guides the work of the local council of leaders to um, a professional development operations guide, which is affectionately called the P-DOG, to there's also a membership um, policy guide and the operations guide. There's also a membership operations guide. Those resources and the staff team that volunteers work with really support the work that happens in the field. And so we have a whole web page dedicated to um, volunteer resources. And the, the standards program has an accreditation academy that serves both the camps and the volunteers who are connected to that program. So all of those resources are available. And in my new role as the Senior Director of Volunteerism, we'll be continuing to develop those resources and ensure that volunteers have onboarding and training and um, recognition, and also an opportunity to grow as volunteers and try new positions. Amazing. And we'll be sure to provide links in the show notes to all those pages so that people can go and check them out and dive a little bit deeper into them. So moving from the local opportunities and looking more at the national scale, there are several national committees that we can dive into and touch on uh, just the different roles that each of these groups play in, in terms of ACA's overall mission. So just a general overview, there's the ACA board of directors. There's the committee for the advancement of research and evaluation. We have the editorial advisory committee, the national council of leaders, national standards commission, and volunteer engagement committee. We also have the staff recruitment and retention committee that's focused on supporting the industry on recruiting and retaining staff, which is so critical right now. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And we also have some board committees that are attached to the national board of directors. And so they're not listed here because they're not operational committees, but there's a government relations committee and a funds development committee those members are appointed by the board of directors. Well, let's touch briefly on the roles of each of these groups, just to get a better idea of how they, how they function within ACA. So starting at the top, the ACA board of directors, general overview, what are their roles and responsibilities? The ACA board of directors are the governing body for the association. They are responsible for the overall vision and direction that the organization takes. They work very closely with Tom Rosenberg, our CEO and president, as well as our executive team to ensure that we're on the right track. Simple enough. Love it. And the Committee for the Advancement of Research and Evaluation, affectionately known as CARE, I imagine just at first glance that they probably work closely with our research team. They do work closely with our research team and our senior director of research, Lori Brown, and 
they are integral to our continuing dive into looking at all of the aspects of the camp experience and the research associated that with that. We have several studies going on at this time. And Lori and her team are working with volunteers who love research Mm -hmm. and um, who are really helping us as an organization share the benefits of the camp experience. So the ACA research team is involved in everything from camp counts reports to the Leadership Pathways Project to currently they're working on camp school partnerships. This is a brand new program and and we're working with the National Summer Learning Association. Those volunteers love research and really bring skills and competencies to the team to ensure that we're moving forward. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at the resources we have on our website for measuring your own youth development outcomes in your camp programs, um, we have tools for assessing camp program quality and um, additional tools that camps may find useful in their own operations. Um, the ACA research team is working a lot. <laughs> um, the ACA research team is managing multiple projects at this time, and volunteers are attached to all of those projects. Our editorial advisory committee works in partnership with our editor-in-chief, Marsha Ellett, to ensure that we have a well-thought-out contemporary magazine for camp professionals. I love Camping Magazine and all of the articles that that, um, are there. So um, the folks that sit on that committee read all of the articles and make suggestions and also help her with topics and ideas for the magazine. Perfect. Yeah, they do an incredible job. And I agree with you. It's, it's, it's such an amazing publication that ACA puts out. So then we have the National Council of Leaders. And my first guess would be that they have something to do with the local Council of Leaders. Yeah, smart guess, Lauren. Uh, (laughs) The National Council of Leaders is made up of one member from each of our local council of leaders and our affiliate boards. So those volunteers, there's 23 of them who sit on the National Council of Leaders. The Volunteer Engagement Committee also is a part of that group. And the National Council of Leaders is the conduit to the National Board of Directors. And so it's how the National Board of Directors learns about the concerns and needs of the field and the connection to all of the work that's happening in the field. So they meet a couple times a year prior to their in-person meeting, usually attached to the National Conference. The National Council of Leaders Steering Committee will host a webinar or a Zoom meeting to introduce the topics and discussion that will be happening at the in-person meeting prior to the national conference. You mentioned within there, the volunteer engagement committee. What is their role? The volunteer engagement committee is the support to the local council of leaders across the country. So it's a group of volunteers who have experience as leaders in the local offices, and they developed the field office operations guide. The volunteer engagement committee has the role of liaison with local council of leaders chairs and local council of leaders, actually. So um, each of our members has three or four offices that they liaise with. On an annual basis, they meet with the local council of leaders chair and the regional director who supports that office, and they talk about how things are going. And from that discussion, 
they have a retreat every year. The Volunteer Engagement Committee meets with the regional directors and myself and our chief operations officer, Henry DeHart. And we talk about what's happening in the field, what are the needs and resources that our volunteers need. And they develop a charter work that sometimes includes a training for specific volunteers. It may include developing additional resources. That work happens in partnership with me and the regional directors to ensure that we are continuing to grow and develop our volunteers for ACA Okay, at the local offices. Yeah. And then we have the National Standards Commission. So the National Standards Commission is an operational commission and it was established by the board of directors to, to develop, monitor, and implement standards and an accreditation program. So really the, the overall purpose of the National Standards Commission is to develop, monitor, and implement an accreditation program for ACA to achieve the ends of the organization. So really looking at higher quality camp experiences, a greater understanding of the support and value of the camp experience for both internal and external audiences. Accreditation program standards really are, it's an educational tool focusing on health, safety, and risk management. And so the NSC works in partnership with Danielle and the volunteers around that table to develop specific standards and the process for accreditation. They implement the accreditation program and they monitor it. They evaluate the achievement of those, the goals related to that program. Thank you for going through just a general overview of what all these different roles look like. And clearly it's, it's, it's complex. You could be a volunteer with ACA, but there are so many different avenues and opportunities for what that looks like. And clearly our volunteers are just so critical to the overall function and development and just ongoing growth of the work that ACA does. So we are so grateful for our volunteers. So as we're approaching the start of the summer camp season, I want to talk about what a calendar year looks like for our volunteers. And since we know that there are so many roles, it may vary depending on the season, but let's just take the major season, summer, fall, winter, and then spring to talk briefly about what each part of the year looks like for our volunteers. So in terms of the summer months, when summer camps are in session, what role do our volunteers play for the most part? Our standards visitors are busy in the summertime. So we're conducting visits and and the lead up to summer Our standards visitors are conducting written documentation previews and annual accreditation reports happen more in the earlier part of the year. But um, as we get into the summer, this is really when we have visitors all over the country visiting camps and enjoying that opportunity. Many of our volunteers operate their own camps or work at camps in the summer. They take time away from their own camps to do the on-site visits for camps going through the accreditation process. Okay. During fall and winter is when things really start up again. So camp directors come back from their busy summer season. They start meeting with their local council of leaders. Our committees for our conferences and events start to meet again. And really a lot of planning is taking place and reconnecting is happening. And in the fall, we have a number of conferences that happen regionally. We all know that in February, we get the opportunity to come together as a national organization at the national conference. And so 
that committee works all through the fall and the winter into February in order to deliver that amazing conference. I can't wait to see everybody in Orlando in February of 2023. And the calendar continues throughout the year until about April, the end of April. We really, most of our regional events are over. Most of our professional development events are over. Also in the fall, we train visitors and we utilize volunteers to train camps for the accreditation process. So summertime is really the only time when we have, it's mostly just visitors working. Some of our volunteers will continue to do, some of our volunteer engagement committee members will continue to operate. Of course, our board is still engaged and connected to the organization and some of our other national committees, our care committee, I believe continues to stay engaged. We work with volunteers in, in their schedule to, to manage our calendar. So as many camp professionals know, there is no off season, really. Camp is a full-time operation year round, even though most people tend to associate it with only the summertime. It's good to be reminded that there are things to do all year round, and that includes from a volunteer capacity. What are the requirements to become an ACA volunteer? Are there requirements? And where does ACA find volunteers? Is it primarily people who work at summer camps or summer camp professionals? Could it just be somebody who loves summer camp? What does that look like in order to become a volunteer? So yes to all of the above. Um, You don't have to be a camp professional to be an ACA volunteer. Maybe you went to camp and you love camp and now you're an attorney and you're presenting at some of our educational events or you are a student, a full-time student in college and you are really passionate about camp and you want to come be a room host at a conference, those opportunities are always available. For some of our leadership positions, we look at your skills and your competencies and we try to match that to the job. So, and also your interest, of course. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be a camp professional to necessarily volunteer for us. We have insurance brokers. We have people that work in the industry, if you will, or support provide support to the industry Mm -hmm. that also volunteer with us because they love the relationships and they love the experience and they want the opportunity to engage with camp professionals who are pretty great people. Yeah. We find our volunteers, typically many of our volunteers come from within our membership ranks. So you know, you attend a conference and you like it. And so the next year you say, well, or even while you're there the first time you say, Hey, can I be a room host? And then you might get involved in the committee that plans that event, or you might offer your own specific skills at an educational event or a networking event. She might say, Hey, I want to host a brown bag camp tour at my camp. And so, you know, in essence, you're then organizing that with Um, our membership manager potentially, and providing that opportunity to locals in your area. So there's an opportunity. If you're interested in volunteering for ACA, there are opportunities to engage and get involved. Okay. So beyond the roles and responsibilities of volunteers, obviously there's networking opportunities. What would you say are some of the major benefits of serving as an ACA volunteer? You know, I would say professional development and personal development and connection you're part Mm -hmm. of a community. You shared an article with me that I had never read called Volunteering is the Best Kept Secret for Mental Health by Vice. And it really resonated with me 
they talk about for volunteers 50 and older, the social connection. But I think I found very early on in my volunteering experience with ACA that I had a social connection and I was able to really have developed deep relationships with people that I had a lot of, a lot in common with. Mm-hmm. Not everybody leaves everything in their everyday life to go to the mountains for three months or go to an island for three months to run summer camp. And that many of our organizations run year round programs, but they're most busy in the summer. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a unique, in some ways, it's a unique profession. Having that commonality and that connection with other people who do the same thing is so valuable, whether it's problem solving or venting or having the opportunity to talk about your experience and learn from each other. I think that is what I found most valuable as a volunteer for ACA. And I hear that from a lot of our volunteers, they get professional development, they get they get connection, they get the opportunity to learn from others and to also share their own experiences and help other people. So mm-hmm. that opportunity to be an expert about something, whether you're leading a roundtable discussion, um, whether you're having a meal and breaking bread with friends who you met through ACA, I always walk away learning something. And we have some really, really smart people in our industry who volunteer for the organization and who are so generous with their time and their talent and they generously share it. Yes. I think it's so incredible that people volunteer to give and to serve and to help ACA or in whatever opportunity they're serving in so many different capacities, but what we get out of serving as volunteers in many ways is, is a much more, it can be, it can be just as, if not more rewarding what you get out of from volunteering. And again, like looking at all these many avenues that you can volunteer within ACA. It's just, there are so many capacities in which you can serve within ACA, but just in general, serving as a volunteer in your own community, but regardless of where you are serving your time and your talents, the benefits that you receive from it, from a mental health standpoint, emotionally, even your physical health. I mean, it's just, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's amazing. In the article that you shared, it talks about lowering your blood pressure and reducing feelings of depression. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's why people catch the volunteer bug and they want to continue in that capacity. Yeah. Um, I love our volunteers. Our volunteers are really our owners and keepers of our mission. And they help us as staff members deliver the services that support camps. Yeah. And what's better than that? No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And so I'll, again, be sure to put a link in the show notes so people can go read that article and share it with their fellow camp professionals and volunteers. But Again, I think if people take away anything from this conversation is that, yes, there are so many ways you can get involved, but uh, just keeping in mind that you get so much out of it. And, and that's at the end of the day, that, that give and the, the gifts that you receive are so, so valuable. So if our listeners are interested in learning more about volunteering, and if they're ready to get involved as ACA volunteers, where, where can they go? Where do they get started? If you're interested in volunteering for ACA, go ahead and visit the ACA Connect Center on our website. There is a tab at the top that says volunteer. And when you click on it, you can opt into the volunteer pool. You can also find current volunteer opportunities. I also encourage everyone to reach out to the region director that serves their region. Our staff team is ready and excited to have new volunteers with ACA and they can 
point you in the right direction based on your skills, based on your competencies, based on your interest. They can share with you opportunities locally and also nationally. So um, they're a great resource for that. And if there are people in your local area who are volunteering now, feel free to reach out to them and find out how they got involved. We are looking for visitors. We are always looking for people to support our education events and to volunteer and contribute in a multitude of ways. If people are interested in volunteering, they can reach out directly to me. I'm happy to help guide them to great volunteer opportunities. Amazing. Well, thank you. So we'll (laughs) include your information in the show notes as well, as well as links to all these other resources that people can explore and share with others and, and get involved. Now is the time. So Michelle, is there anything that we did not talk about either about ACA camp volunteering, anything else that you wanted to share? I would like to just say thank you to all of the volunteers that Mm -hmm. work in partnership with our staff team to ensure that ACA continues to thrive. Thank you. Have a great summer. Can't wait to see you on the other side of the season. Yes. I second that big, big thanks to all of our volunteers for the work that you all have done and continue to do. We couldn't do it without you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Michelle, for joining us today on the Campwire podcast. Thank you, Lauren. Well said. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the Campwire podcast. If you'd like to learn more about volunteering for the American Camp Association, please be sure to follow the links included in the show notes, or you can go to acacamps.org. And to make sure you don't miss a single episode of the Campwire podcast, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you receive your podcasts. You can also follow the American Camp Association on all of your favorite social media platforms. We're at ACA Camps. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.